want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. Okay, my friends, today's episode is epic. I mean, midway through, I get speechless. And most of you know, that doesn't happen very often. And it's because of the power of today's guest. Talia Joy is an intuitive development and manifestation mentor who helps seekers to create the life they are meant for. She strives to make the law of attraction simple so that her clients and community can implement it and manifest the joy, abundance, health, love, and freedom that we are all meant for. And she truly, truly is a powerful soul. In this episode, you'll learn about how to tune in and believe your intuition, the power of coming out of the spiritual closet, and how to utilize quantum manifestation. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Okay, friends, you are in for a treat today. I will tell you this, this is a special human being. Uh, We met and I don't know, it was like, fireworks exploding or something. I just so, so enjoyed her energy that is also like fireworks exploding that I had to bring her on the podcast. So welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. <laughs> so nice to be here. I'm, I'm so excited. So give the audience here just a little taste of who you are, what you do, who you serve, those like, you know, basic business questions. But I know how you have a flair, so you'll bring your own flair to that. <laughs> okay, so you want foreplay. Got it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, get ready, everyone. Ooh, I'm, I'm sweating. I'm sweating. <laughs> he is sweating. He, he's sweating. Um, my name is Talia, and I am an intuitive mentor. I am a, I teach intuitive development and manifestation, so I love to talk about the law of attraction, quantum manifestation, which we're going to get into today, intuition, how it all plays together to really uncover what we would say your soul's purpose. And to me, that's living in alignment with why you came here, expressing yourself in the way that you're quote unquote meant to, the way in which you serve the world, the way in which you show up aligned. That's what I'm all about. So to me, it's not just about manifesting one thing, bringing in the car, the $5,000 chunk that lands in your life. Great. But we also want to like tap into the flow, tap into that abundance in the essence of what that is, you know, flowing, flourishing, connection, money, experience, purpose, all the things. And so that's what I do. My business is Talia Joy, and I call myself a manifestation mentor. I also have a podcast called The Awakening Her Podcast, which you have been on, (laughs) which is really (laughs) exciting. Go check that out. So I serve my people through, I have a membership, which is all about spiritual tools. It's really how to integrate this stuff into your life. We have manifestation moon circles and energy activations and lots of sacred rituals and routines, which is really fun. That's a new thing I've been doing where I'm really helping people, like I say, to bring it into their everyday 
everyday life. So that's kind of a little bit about what I do on the outside. I'm also a Canadian from the West Coast of Canada on an island called Vancouver Island. I just love, I love islands in general. I've always been obsessed. I'm a mom of three. I've got all the children, Um, (laughs) married to my soulmate who I've known since I was 14. And that's a whole divine story in itself. And just a lover of life. I'm a seeker to my core. I've always have been, even when I was really struggling when I was younger, I struggled with an eating disorder. Because of that, I struggled with addiction and wanting to numb myself, a crippling lack of self-love since the time I could remember. And through all that, spirituality and this deeper part of life was always calling me and I didn't see it at the time but I remember being 16 reading Wayne Dyer books and also being so depressed I could barely get it together to like go to school and it was kind of like the dark and the light have been like flirting my whole life and the light has always been calling me I've always had an intuition I just thought I was too sensitive I just thought I was the weird one I just thought I couldn't cope with crowds because I was broken or something but I've always been intuitive I've always had that spiritual stuff coming to me my mom's a Reiki master so I grew up like smudging myself when I was a kid you know but then also so like I said, got really lost, got really thrown into the darkness as we all were probably, right? We've all experienced something. And I was kind of sent to my knees to rediscover all of this stuff again and go like, oh, that's what Wayne Dyer was saying. And that's why I had that Louise Hay book when I was, you know, also depressed and popping pills. It's just like, you know, so it's been a mixed bag, but it's, you know, brought me to where I am. And I'm so stoked to be here. And I thank my everything, my guides, my team, myself, my path every day, because I am so surprised I got out of this. (laughs) I'm so surprised I recovered from the eating disorder that I stopped drinking that I like, I'm just so shocked even now that my life is so amazing. And it doesn't mean it's easy, but it's just fulfilling and purpose filled. And I'm just so stoked to be here. There is so much there that I'm just like dying. I was like dying to jump in. All the, all the way back to, as you were talking about Wayne, Wayne Dyer, I was like, that was me, only it was Louise Hay books. And then you mentioned Louise, and I was like, oh, yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though. What was it about you that made you know, what inside of you, not even about you, what was inside of you that made you know that you're going to get through? As you know, I, I've, and my audience knows, I had sexual abuse and trauma, and, but there was something inside of me that knew I could make it through. What was that for you? You know what? To be really honest, there was times when I didn't know. Mm. Um, I, was all, I didn't ever think I was maybe going to die, but there was times when I was like, if I keep going in this direction it's going to go nowhere fast. And I'd have these flashes of myself. This sounds crazy. I don't think I've ever told a single human this, but I used to have these flashes of myself. If I went five more years down the road as like an addict or in an eating disorder or drinking, and I'd have these flashes of me, like not having my shit together and having to my father being like me and my dad are so close. So my dad being really disappointed. And I just had, I'd have these flashes that I I would have this feeling of, no, that is not what I meant for. I may be so in the fog that I don't know what I meant to do here, but I know I'm not meant to go down like this. 
you know, whatever that means. I know I'm not meant to stay in this state, to stay suffering. And so I think the little thread in me was like, I'm not meant for this. So that means it must figure itself out at some point. It just wasn't what I saw for my future. I didn't even really see a lot, but I knew that it was good. I knew that it was helping people. I knew that it was me being creative and fun and funny. And where I was, was not fun, not funny, not creative. It was not good. So I think that was, you know, what it was is that I just knew I was meant for something different, even if I had no idea what that actually was. (laughs) I I completely relate. I used to think, I think for me, part of it was like this idea of get out, get out of the circumstance that you're currently in and find a new one. So for a while, it was about like just running, right? And chasing and running and running and running to get out of what I was in until I finally had to sit still. But even that running forced me to say, no, this is not it. No, this is not it. That Hindu um, practice of neti neti. I am not this. I am not that. I am not this. I am not that until I could know who I was. And it saved me almost in a way, just having that belief that I could get out somehow, somehow. Mm -hmm. I've always believed in somehow. And I've always believed in it for other people, sometimes even when I didn't believe in it for myself. But I used to watch the show, I don't know if you remember the show Intervention on A&E. And, okay. Obsessed, obsessed. <laughs> yeah. And I used to, it, like, it would, I don't even think I could handle it now. I think I'd get two minutes in and be like, too much, too much, because I just, I don't know. But I used to watch it and know that they were capable and I almost saw it like will they be willing to take the help or not but I knew deep down I never thought that anyone was beyond help no matter what they've done or where they are I could see it in other people so I think there became a point where I started to go like wait a minute maybe for me too then like it's so hard when you're struggling because I'd never known myself as somebody who could function in my skin and not be insecure and not be coping and numbing and all the things. So yeah, again, I didn't know how, but I think it's just like knowing that in other people eventually was like, okay, wait, I can get out of anything too. And I think that that piece I've always just known, like you can, you really can. And I, I believe it. So what was the turning point then for you of being in the ish, in your shit, basically sitting there and figuring it all out and that turn mm-hmm. the golden moment yeah. well <laughs> the annoying Talia answer was there was many shifts that led me there um I do have the shift but to be really honest there were many moments where I was face to face with what the fuck I was doing where I would see myself in the mirror or I'd have a moment of clarity where I'm like no but then even dealing with that feeling I had to like numb because it was like that was even overwhelming to just be like oh my goodness now I have to change well tomorrow (laughs) next Monday (laughs) um so There was many moments of like, and I like what you said about I'm not this and I'm not that because I remember like I've left so many relationships and like picked up and moved like almost literally in the night because I'm like, this is not working. I'm out. This is not working. I'm out. And so there have been lots of shifts that had happened. But one significant one was I was knee deep in an eating disorder. And I was drinking all the time, like turning into like the day drinker, as long as I wasn't working, I was having a few drinks, and it's cool and fun and you know, and then doing drugs and whatever. And I found out I was pregnant. And that was like, I can hear the voice going, what you gonna do now? (laughs) It's time to make a choice, right? So 
I did go the healthy route and I, I had an eating disorder and all that. So I decided to eat and gain the appropriate amount of weight. But as soon as she was born, I was back to running. I was back to losing the weight. I was slowly. And then once I was done breastfeeding, oh, now I can drink again. Now I can get back, you know, take a few pills to like get me through. And so it slid back in. But then I met, well, we've already, we'd already known each other, but my husband, who's now my husband, we had started dating. And in that beginning time of drinking a lot of wine, staying up all hours of the night, loving every minute of it, having so much fun. But after a bunch of months going, okay, like we're drinking a lot. I had a secret eating disorder. He didn't even know at the time. And we decided one day to quit drinking because we both just felt it. And we made this decision together, which was so powerful. We both said like, we're just going to quit drinking for a bit, just for now, just for a bit. And we did that. And about three months after getting sober, I found I was pregnant again. And that was really like the, what you're going to do now, because last time it crept back in and now it was time to like lay it all out there. And the moment was I was in my kitchen. I was alone in the house. I started hyperventilating, thinking about having to have this conversation with him because at that point, my eating disorder had come to bulimia. And that was like filled with shame, filled with secrets, filled with like the most amount of covering up and never admitting anything ever that I've ever experienced. So the moment was starting to hyperventilate, realizing I was pregnant. I had nothing to cope because I couldn't drink. There was no pills. I was like super healthy at that point of food and whatever else. I didn't really have any coping anymore except this eating disorder, which now I couldn't do. And, and I just started to crumble and it just came over me. I literally felt my legs give out. And it was that like sobbing in the floor. I can see myself curled up, just feeling so sick to my stomach about what I had to face and the changes that I had to make. Like there was no option. I didn't even ever think of not. I just knew I had to. And so I was laying on the floor sobbing and I heard this voice so clearly come through and it said, love yourself and the rest will fall into place. Because in my mind, I was going, well, what do I do? And what do I do? And maybe I could do eating disorder treatment again. And maybe I could do this and maybe I could. And it was just like, it just cleared everything. And I just heard like, love yourself and the rest will fall into place when you come from that place of love. And that truly, like, I've never looked back since then. I've never had the eating disorder. I mean, there was a process to heal. Um, never had a problem with alcohol, drugs, nothing. And that was now uh, eight and a half years ago. And so that was definitely the moment where I had two thoughts. I had like, holy shit, I'd never heard that like that. Love yourself first, because that's not what I'd been practicing. And the second thing was, wait a minute, what, what was that voice? <laughs> and how can I, you know, be homies with that voice? Because that is a much better voice than the voice I was used to hearing, which is like, you know, you're fat and you're this and you're that. And like, so that was, that was the moment and it broke open two things, the truth of loving myself and how I truly believed I could be my healthiest and come off the needing to cope with pure love, uncut love. <laughs> and the second thing was like, and that voice, I need to discover what that was. And so, yeah, that was really a huge turning point. I mean, self first, so not what a mother is used to hearing. So not what somebody who serves people is used to hearing, right? In like in the world, out in the world. So that gift was huge. 
Mm-hmm. You have that realization that the self had to be taken care of. Not like maybe someday, maybe next Monday, like you said, but today, right now. And that love carried you through. Now I want to though dive into this intuition piece mm-hmm. of hearing that voice. Because I think that there's many people who hear that voice and they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I heard it. Ignore, 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 right? Or I heard it, but then it goes away and I'm not sure how to access it again. Mm-hmm. So how did you develop this tool of connecting so deeply with that highest part of yourself or the intuitive self or the God self or love or whatever it is that you want to name it? Mm-hmm. I think that for me, it was kind of a literal life or death situation where there was a lot on the line. So some people, that's when they actually get sober or that's when they're able to forgive or release or heal when they literally are at their rock bottom. So that's the first part is it wasn't like a soft landing. It was a very real experience and I was very ready for it. Um, But following that episode on the floor, and I believe it was actually the same day or maybe the next day, but I had this thought I'd never thought before. And I thought, I think that was intuition. I wonder what would happen. And at the time I thought it was crazy. It was like laughable. I wonder what would happen if I listened to my intuition all day, every day, like in my mind, it was like, I know you can't, I know that's crazy. Like what, you know, intuitive everything, but like, I wonder what would happen. I was, I've always had such a curious mind, right? What would happen if I did this? What would happen? And so that sparked another openness of realizing it was there all the time. First of all, or that it could be accessed, and then actually choosing to listen to it more often. So I think for me, it felt so much better than what I was trying to do, what I was thinking. My ideas for healing were not love yourself first. It was like, okay, if I quit this, if I do this, if I go to treatment, it, was, it nothing felt good. But this love piece was not only about loving myself, but I had this realization of like, you can do anything fueled by love. And that was very new to me because before it was fueled by control, by fear, by not good enough. And it was like, wait a minute. So I think also it, I believed it in that Mm. moment. It was like, yeah, it hit me so deep that I was like, yeah, wait a minute. Like I pictured someone loving themselves into a healthy body. And it was just so obvious. Yeah, you could lose weight or gain weight or whatever you needed to do through listening to what your body needed, through listening and loving yourself and being active because you love yourself or drinking water because you love yourself. So it also just made sense to me. The advice or the guidance that came through made sense. So I think for people trying to access their intuition more is first and foremost, I would love if you just knew it's always there. And I love to use the example of a radio dial. The radio 98.9 is always going. But when you're over here fiddling around with 93.5 and you're hearing the pop music and you're trying to get to classic rock or you're, you know, and you're going, ah, classic rock's not working. It's like, well, no, you're just not there. You're not on in the same frequency. So when you learn how to tune to where your intuition lives you all of a sudden are like, wow, right? So a really simple thing you can do is when you're in your mind and you're noticing the pros and the cons and should I, and should I hand on the heart, like it's annoyingly simple, slowing down. I like to give myself four or five deep breaths, like 
because I'll, I'll do one. Be like, oh, I'm good. Like, no, no, no. Give yourself a second, right? And I know you know about this breath work and meditation, all that. Give yourself, you're worth a few breaths. Tune in and just see. And intuition works well when you ask it a question, when you prompt an answer, when you say, what am I missing here? What do I need to do here? Who do I need to be here? Or what should the program title be called? How much should I charge for my service? Just practice tuning in and trying to know it's there. And it's a, it's a practice to tune there, right? Like babies, they can walk, but it takes some time to learn how to walk. So even if day one, you don't hear or sense or feel the answer, just knowing the more you practice, you can access that. I think that would be the best place to kind of start um, when developing your intuition. Thank you for that. Yeah. And it's funny, I, I started giggling because of course I use that dial metaphor as well. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> of course. But, but of course. Yeah. What struck me when you were talking about that, about, about intuition and that love piece, is that they're really the same. Right? It's, it's the same. It's all the same. Because self-love is using the intuition. It is the intuition. Because your, your intuition is guiding you through and from love, mm-hmm. not from fear. So therefore, all those moments that you said that sort of were two were actually one piece. Mm. Oh, juicy. I love (laughs) that. Wow, that is epic. Because if I hear love yourself first, because if in that moment, if I would have heard, listen to your intuition, I wouldn't have maybe even been ready for that. But to hear love yourself first, which sneaky little source always sideways leading you to where you need to go, will cause you to listen to your intuition. Ooh, love. Yeah, Thank exactly. You. Thank Ooh, you, Dr. Nick. <laughs> I feel like Lucy. <laughs> the doctor is in. <laughs> yeah. Wait, can I just start asking you questions then? <laughs> anytime, anytime. Yeah. Throw, throw them back. Throw them back. Awesome. So, okay. So, you were able to tap in, you were able to begin to really listen. And then when did it begin to like shift to a professional? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. I love the way life takes you through, right? Um, So I decided once I started healing, that I wanted to help other people that were suffering with an eating disorder. I wanted to help me five years ago or two years. Like I wanted to help a woman, the, the women that were suffering. So I went and got certified as a nutrition consultant. I did four years of school and started helping people with nutrition. Um, I was working in a, in a clinic. It was a naturopathic clinic where we specialized in cancer. So my clients right away were all cancer patients and I started helping them with nutrition and it was really great and it was rewarding on a whole new level, but it wasn't itching the scratch. It was just kind of like me finding my footing. Like I have this cool office and I get to decide like what I'm going to charge. It's like really just getting me going in a business. But very quickly I was like, I want to help women and I want to help women that are struggling with weight and really help them. And so I started getting clients like that, but very quickly as well, I was expanding outside what even professionally I could do. When you have a governing body or you have a license over you, there's things you can and can't do. And I couldn't really get into the spiritual. I couldn't really get into the energetic or, you know, the deeper layers. 
And in that container, that's not really what they wanted. They wanted to just lose weight. And I realized, I'm like, yeah, this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. I don't know. And so then I branched out. I got my own coach. And, you know, of course, lots happened in between these things. But for the sake of making it sound pretty, um, (laughs) I got my own coach (laughs) and started exploring that. And I was like, yeah, this is more what I wanted to do. Like, helping people diving deep being on a one-on-one session not under a clinic not under a this or a that so I gave up my license and I started a company called Food Buddha and it was teaching people intuitive eating and that's what I did for quite a few years I actually was just on a podcast the other day talking about intuitive eating I love to talk about it still um, so I did that for a few years I created programs for people to really break free of diets But I was so obsessed with the law of attraction. And again, like I haven't really touched on that yet, but that was something that was calling me from the time I was young. I watched The Secret like as soon as it came out and I'd already been reading about it. And really it was exciting. So I found that I started wanting to break away from just intuitive eating. The eating part was keeping me restrictive or restricted. So I I was just getting sick of posting about smoothie recipes and people wanting meal plans It like became so far from what I was passionate about doing. And if there's anything I've learned in business is you got to stay in your hot spots where you're passionate and that's going to flow and that's going to change. And we can just like let go of the old. It's okay. But I held on for a while helping people. And then I started teaching them more about intuition, intuitive development, law of attraction, how to really make change in your life with your energy and, you know, all of this. And I started to realize like Food Buddha, it's cool. It's a great name. It's good. It's be, it's successful, but it's not what I'm exactly what I meant to do. So then I branched off and started doing more manifestation coaching, more law of attraction coaching. I had a membership. I'm teaching people, you know, month by month. I'm really digging into the tools and I'd create meditations for them. And that was great for about two years. And then all of a sudden I was itchy in a place I couldn't scratch again. And I was like, you know what, this intuition piece, I realized more than intuition, I have the gift of mediumship. And I, it's also something I believe we all have, but I was realizing that I just started getting these crazy ideas. And I was saying to my husband, like, what if I was just like in a session with someone and it was all intuitive? It was almost like the idea of imagine if you could live from your intuition was crazy before. And so I thought, what if it's not coaching? It's not talking. It's not talking at someone. It's like deep energetic change. And he's like, that sounds amazing, right? Sounds good to me. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. So I started practicing and sort of flirting with that and getting some really like some past clients to come in and do a free session to kind of just like, what would I even do? Some, you know, friends, stuff like that. And realized like, I can tap into your spirit team like this. Like it, it would just came out of nowhere. So then once again, I was like, okay, well this talking, this teaching and that being all I'm doing, I'm a natural teacher teacher, but there's so much more to me and to what is how I'm able to help somebody. So just in the last eight months or so, I almost just don't coach anymore. I, my membership now we do like a half an hour where I'm teaching about like intuition, abundance, sacred self-care. And then the second half is an energy activation. And I really kind of transitioned into that. So it was a natural progression and it was just me growing and me gathering new tools and getting, feeling a little bit suffocated with where I was realizing that I like I need to bring more I need to bring more and that's just been that evolution into the more spiritual intuitive energetic part of helping people oh I love that as I was listening to that journey and I was hearing you say you know the food was no longer serving you 
that part of the business was no longer feeding, the food was no longer feeding you, right? That, that you were brave enough to say, okay, I hear you because you were, again, tuning into your own intuition. I hear you. And now I'm going to make a change. That's bravery. Mm-hmm. And people can feel like, oh, I have to stay in my lane or I have to be where I am. And the reality is, is that it's an evolution and that you get to grow and your business can grow with you. That's mm-hmm. one of the beauties, I think, of having a, a personal brand business is that when you grow, everyone grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, if you're showing up stuck, stagnant, or just over it in any way, your people feel that. So there's days where we all, you know, are over it or don't feel like whatever, and we got to just show up, you know, or, or whatever. But when you're getting sick of your own content, when you're getting a little bit bored with what you're doing, it's time to shake it up. And you don't always need to change your business. Maybe you need to get in more collaborations or get Mm -hmm. guests to come into your programs or like, there's lots of ways to spice it up, but yeah, you're right. You do need to be brave. And it was freaking scary. So the first time transitioning out of food Buddha into a business called the good feeling life, which was really all about, you know, what you're wanting to manifest, really what you want is just to feel good. And the more you focus on feeling good, that's when you naturally attract, right? And so that's what I was all about. And that was a brave leap that I kind of had to like, you know, I was like, is this right? What should I do? How do I do this? I just did it. But the second time moving out of the good feeling life and into now it's just Talia, it's Talia Joy, it's just my name. I'm no longer hiding by the way, which is exciting for me because it's scary. I always had this cool name to hide behind. But when I decided that I was kind of bored with what I was doing, it was just really obvious really quickly because I had done that work and I started really noticing. And then one day my membership site completely crashed and nobody could access it and something was going on and it was like shut down. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Even though I'd already had thoughts. Knock, knock, knock. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then within the week I tried to post an ad on Facebook and my ad account was shut down. So I don't know if anyone's ever dealt with Facebook in their business, trying to like, you know, talk to someone, figure something out, just doesn't happen. My ad account was shut down. I somehow got to like support and chat and they said, yep, you violated like, I guess a policy in something. I don't know actually what it was. I never did find out, but they said your ad account is permanently shut down. And I'm sitting there going like, I've got like 3,500 likes, whatever that means. I've got an audience. I run ads. I have events. Like, what do you mean my ad account is shut down? Can I actually do ads ever again? Nope. Never again, except from it, like a different page you can, but not from the good feeling life. So I sat there. I'm like, if there has ever been a clearer sign, because I'd already had the little niggle, I'd already had the intuition being like, come out from behind all of it. Like, just be who you are, own the spirit side, like really show up as an intuitive and like, as what you truly are. Um, It was, yeah, everything shut down. And finally, I just was like, okay, we're doing this. And actually, within about two weeks, I started my new page, got the website and started the podcast. It was like, fuck it, I'm out and I am into my the next thing. So sometimes it took a lot of bravery. And other times the universe was like shoving me from one to the next. Yeah, when you don't listen. To that voice, to that intuition, eventually the cards are going to fall. I mean, it, it's going to happen one way or another, so you might as well take the quick route, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
But yet there's part of us that times that resistance comes up that like, you know, we're like, oh, I can, I can't, I can't, I can't. Oh, oh, because it's bringing way too much up for us. Right. And so that's when we have to have the bricks fall on us. The house has to collapse. The mm-hmm. house of cards, the house of cards has to fall apart. I was struck by that. And I've thought of many times for me when that's happened too. I really have. And I love that you came out of the closet. Mm-hmm. You came yeah. out of the spiritual closet. It's scary. It's yeah. a process. I, I've told this story before. I'm not sure I've told it on the podcast, but it was much harder for me to come out of the spiritual closet than it was to come out of the closet as gay. Mm. Why was that, do you think? I think that as a gay person, it was like I knew I had to because I knew that I couldn't live my life truthfully without it. Now, I feel the same about being now about spiritually coming out of the closet but I think that there was almost like gosh I don't know why you know you've just asked me a brilliantly beautiful question that I'm really going to have to go write about mm-hmm. now you get the doctor well, now the doc we're passing the doctor back <laughs> you're getting you're getting the, money. the talking stick <laughs> yes. yeah and I think with the spiritual closet there's a lot of stigma and I mean, I can't compare it to being gay. First of all, I can't speak for that. But also, there's so much stigma. So it's not like it's different in that way. But just speaking about spirituality, there's a lot of stigma because it's like you get into the territory of like, my God, and your God, and your thoughts of this, and my thoughts of and how the universe works. And how do you actually know that's the way it works? And there's this fear that we're going to be less credible, we're going to be less taken, maybe taken less seriously, that we know our shit less, we don't have all these letters behind our name, we just know something inside and have this guidance or whatever. Yeah, so it can be scary. I mean, now that I think about it, I, it's interesting because I came out as gay when I was much younger. I was 19. And I, the biggest fear then was that my family wasn't going to love me anymore, that they weren't going to accept me for who I was. And, but I had this sort of backup plan. <laughs> like, I, I was like, I've got these friends. I'm, it'll, I'll be okay. Meanwhile, they were very, very loving and very, very open and gracious. I did not have that same fear when coming out of the spiritual closet, but the fear was about judgment. Others judging me. That's really what it was. And I think that I was a lot older and um, therefore I had many more years to worry about it. And also relationships you had built with you being one type of person. And when you really let your spirit fly, you do change. Like you often change physically, but energetically, the things you're interested in talking about, you're no longer like they're gossiping about people or even showing up to all the parties, like usually probably not. (laughs) Yeah, you really don't. (laughs) And the the interesting thing about that is some people come with you right? Mm-hmm. Some are also following their intuition and, and, and stepping into their spiritual power and, mm-hmm. and others fall away and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I hear you with that. I think the judgment for me, a lot of it was like, I had these, it would keep me up at night. I would think, what if someone asks me, how do you know that law of attraction is a thing? Or how do you know you're talking to my spirit guide or whatever, right? That wasn't as much a thing before because I didn't realize I had that. But 
how do you know? And I'd like be almost preparing like, okay, my rebuttal to like the universal question about God. And then I started realizing like, I can share my truth. And I always say, you know, on my podcast and to my clients, this is my truth. Close your eyes, see if it lands for you. Mm. If it feels true, feel free to play with it. And if it doesn't, it's totally okay. So I think there's also that is you're not someone who's coming to cram your truth down people's throats. And so you start to realize like, wait a minute, I don't have to have all the God answers. I just can speak my experience, what works for me, what makes me feel at home and whoever resonates is going to like, it's going to really help them, you know? So that can kind of help to get you out of that closet. (laughs) Yeah. I came out to my parents about my mediumship and, uh, my my father said, well, now I've heard everything. And <laughs> my mom said, well, you know, your grandmother had visions. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then we got into this whole discussion of lineage and family line and ancestry. And that was the end of it. And it's never been an issue since. So mm-hmm. big PS to the story is the judgment isn't even generally as great as you create it in your mind. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so let's jump to manifestation because we keep talking around it. We keep talking mm-hmm. about ab- around it, but we haven't really gone into the, it's the foreplay. <laughs> I know we're, we've been, we've been down a, a nice floor, foreplay. Let's get to the main action. Shall <laughs> okay. We? <laughs> the reason we're here, straighten your collars. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. tell me, tell me about the law of attraction and manifestation and what, you call quantum manifestation. Mm -hmm. So the law of attraction, um, you know, in its essence is like attracts like, and what, you know, what you put out, you receive. And so when I was starting to play with this, there's a lot that like I was saying, like, how can you prove this, right? And and quantum physics is a thing, you can look it up, and you can see, you know, how they've studied it, and, and what has been proven. But I really look at it and it made sense to me that what I put out, I receive. So if I'm being like sour all day, walking around, just being like irritated Nancy over here, people start kind of like, what's her problem? And then they, you know, it, it noticeably affects the room. Or I would think of things like, you know, say I had this idea. There's a lot of people have an idea, you know, all men are dogs or all this or this, right? So let's even use that example of like, I've been hurt. All men are cheaters. And I'd see these people who, the more they put that out, they keep attracting it, which keeps validating the story, which keeps mm. attracting it. And and I could witness it made sense to me in my core that what I put out is getting attracted back to me. I could feel it because Even a simple gratitude practice, when you sit there and you stumble across the thing in your mind that you just feel so grateful for, it picks up momentum in your mind and you start going to the point where you've probably, I've been moved to tears from gratitude over something that's not even in front of me. It's in my mind. I'm just so grateful for something. And so momentum is the other part of law of attraction that really made sense to me. I was like, yeah, my eating disorder, the more I focused on not being good enough, it it kept having to get more and more severe what I had to do. And I kept getting more and more buried and more and more convinced that skinny is better. Like I remember looking at people that were clearly suffering with something like anorexia, thinking like, oh, that's the dream, like 80 pounds that shows how strong you are, right? That was my perception because I had 
practiced it for so long. I'd practice that skinny is better and getting more extreme. So I really, as I started learning, I tried it on for myself and really went like, yeah, that makes sense. It's not just magical and frou-frou. It's like what I put out, what my perception is of, of the world is what I attract. So first of all, it just fit. It was like it was meant to be. It really made a lot of sense to me. This was before The Secret when I first discovered the law of attraction. So the law of attraction is about what you put out, you know, gets brought back to you like attracts like, and that's why they say the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, or a bad mood can just keep getting worse and worse. Or you start your day and you like, you know, hit your, your knee on something and then you lose your keys and nothing's going right. And like, we've all had those days where like momentum is picking up. We've also had it on the good side, right? Where like, it just gets better. This vacation just keeps getting better and better or this relationship or this day. So we've experienced this. We all have, it's the way that the universe works. And to me, it just fully makes sense. So that's the law of attraction. So how we can use it to bring things into our life is to start to think about what it is that we want. And I could talk a lot about like the misconceptions with law of attraction, but I think the most important thing to think of is how do I want to feel when we're talking about straight law of attraction. So if you say, if I say like, what, what is it that you want to manifest? You're like money, right? I want more money. I'm like, okay, what, how is that money going to make you feel? And I know you're no, no stranger to this work, but how is this money going to make you feel? And then getting them to tap in and go, okay, if I had like overflowing abundance, I would feel at ease. I would feel free. I'd feel proud of myself. I would feel that I could just do anything and it would be so exciting, right? Okay. So we start getting into that. And what we start doing is focusing on those emotions, those feelings you want to create, the state of being that you want to experience. And very, very quickly, it starts getting magnetized back to you. Because before you were focusing on the lack of the money, the debt, the fact that you never can get ahead, the fact that dollars are hard, right? That's what a lot of us are focusing on or whatever it is, the lack of love, the lack of help, support, health, whatever. So when we start tapping into, okay, but what do you want? That's where the a big change happens. Well, I want to feel abundant, right? And that's when we start to go, okay, so how can we feel abundant? So in essence, it's like putting out what it is that you want to attract more of it. One example I'll just touch on for that and how perfect this is, is I've struggled with back pain since I was young. I was told when I was young, I had scoliosis. I was in chronic back pain. Um, turns out fast forward till like a couple years ago, don't have scoliosis anyway, whole other thing. Um, but I've always had pain that's been in my body and there's been ups and downs with it being really frustrated and then feeling like there's some relief and then really wanting to, what is the root cause though? And like all this stuff. So this is something I've progressed a lot in, but the other day I was having a moment where I was feeling really frustrated. I had my pelvis had shifted and ripped went out, blah, blah, blah. I was in a lot of pain. I was feeling really frustrated and I was sitting there and I was alone and I'm just like, man, started kind of a little bit of a tantrum, which is good. Feel your feelings. It's all good. It's all healthy, but I was getting really frustrated and I stopped and I was like, okay, what's going on? And I'm like, I feel weak. I feel powerless right in this moment. And I went, okay, how do you want to feel? Right. And sometimes we got to journal through it, talk through it, whatever. In this moment, this is what I needed how do you want to feel? And I put my hand on my heart and powerful is what I saw. I want to feel powerful, which is why this bothers me so much. I feel the opposite. So I went, okay, powerful. 
in what areas of your life are you fucking powerful? And I stood there and I thought, I've had children. I've had natural births too. I've built a business. I have not given up. I have healed or been willing to face and reface traumas, um, like relationships with people, my mom, my ex-husband, I share a kid with like tough situations I've had to go through. I've picked up and moved. I've done, and, and just all this stuff started coming to me, these flashes of moments where I was powerful and my whole vibe like shifted. It felt like everything just was like the weight of it all was just taken off a bunch of notches and I stood up and I, and I'll get to the quantum part because this bleeds into that. And I went, who is the me who is fucking powerful right now? Like right now, not when my back feels better right now. And I stood up and I stood tall and I felt this power run through my body. And again, the flashes of like the births and the times I wanted to give up on this or that. And I didn't, and I just pulled through and the eating disorder and surviving and healing And I took on the me who is powerful and I breathed into her. I got some essential oils and like, cause I love to integrate all the senses and everything. And I walked out of my room and I was like in my power the rest of the day. And as my back flared up, I just went too bad. I'm so fucking powerful that that's not even going to bring me down right now, you know? So that is sort of like the way we integrate law of attraction into our day is like, what do you want? Because if I sit there just focusing on the pain and I'm allowed, we're all allowed to have suffering times and have licking our wound times and victim times where we just want to cry and be hugged. That's okay. But I also am determined to heal this or to manage it, to work with it, to see what it has to teach me. So as it's flaring up, I go, wait a minute. I don't want to spend the day sad and upset about my back. I want to spend the day powerful. And so that was just a moment that really, really helped. And that's a way we can bring law of attraction in when we're starting to feel really down is like, but what do I want? And that energy brings in creative solutions. It brings in the the ease that I needed in my body and the mindset I needed to really, you know, work through it. That was very powerful for me. I mm-hmm. went with you. I closed my eyes and I really went there and it was very powerful thank you for that thank Mm. you for that you're welcome Mm. Hmm. I don't even know where to go after that because I was so in it (laughs) Mm. I love it well it's really (laughs) because it's truth that's why you're in it is because you're like yeah this is I feel it right you're you it's truth and that's the thing is like try it on any of this stuff right and that's why we need to hear this stuff from several different people in different ways. Cause sometimes you're just like, yes, that makes so much sense to me. So the quantum aspect of this, and this is really a lot. Yeah. That's where we were going. What's yeah. the quantum aspect of this? <laughs> yeah. Let's take this a whole other level. Shall we? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going deeper. Um, uh, that fits in really well with the foreplay analogy. Um, okay. So the quantum aspect. The law of attraction is responding to us in every moment. When we are putting out, for lack of better words, good vibes, abundance, power, right? Whatever it is, we are attracting more. We are attracting back more opportunities to feel the same. So I think that's really important too, is like, 
when we're putting out self-love or we're put, putting out gratitude, we're not just attracting more gratitude, we're attracting more things to feel grateful for or more states of being or circumstances to feel grateful for. So it's working all the time, whether we know it or not, whether we've ever learned about the law of attraction or not, it just is, it is working all the time. So when we get into the quantum, quantum to me, and what I mean by that is that, you know, and we are going deep, some people may be like, this may be the first time you've heard this, or maybe not. You're good. No. no? <laughs> okay. You're good. Um, there are infinite possibilities out there for how our life could be and that the trajectory of where we're going shifts in any moment. So if I was to like psychically tune into where you're going to be in two years, you can change that at any time because there's lots of variables in any one moment, right? Mm -hmm. This also spans to the past, which is a whole other thing, but the quantum realm is all timelines in all directions and all possibilities that ever could be or have been spanning out in every direction. It's a pretty big deal. So what I like to do is to tune into the version of myself that already has what it is that I want or already is living that life, that state of being. So if I want to manifest or create a deeper like self-love, before I start going, what should I do? Okay, I'll do the this we'll do the this ritual we'll do the this meditation right but before I do any of that I go who is the version of myself who loves herself unconditionally and I will breathe into that and I will go there and I will see her and I will just kind of depending on what type of intuition if you visualize easy or you're more of a feeler just go to that version of yourself that is living that life and dive in start experiencing, start looking at them. And like, I will literally like see that version of myself and I'll kind of go up and I'll like be inspecting her and like, what's different about her energy? What's different about her mindset? And this is the work. This is the her work. And of course it's him, it's them, it's they, it's whatever resonates with you. It's that version of yourself that is there or is doing it. So I'll use this whether it's huge, like I want to create my dream life. Okay. Who is the version of me that's in my dream life? And I could get, okay, I'm hosting retreats and I'm traveling and I've, you know, got my kids, our beautiful dream house. And I do yoga and I eat plant-based and like, I can just go there in my mind. Or if it's something very specific, like say I want to launch a program coming up, I go, who is the version of myself that is launching the program that is like rocking it and everything's going exactly how is in everyone's best interest. Who is that version of me? And I'll tune into her. And like, what is she doing that made this launch so successful? And that is where I get some of my best ideas on how to manage a launch, how to price point a program, the name. It's like, I go to that future version and I ask her questions and I say, what should I do to make this launch more successful? And actually the last launch I had, I heard the funniest thing. I'm very clear audience. So hearing is a big way my intuition comes. I heard make bubble baths a priority. And so what I did, I launched my program. It launched at like 9am or something was like the first announcement. And I shut down my computer and I went and did a bubble bath. And it was my most successful launch I've ever had because I chilled through it. Mm -hmm. So those types of things are the things that you can lean into and like extract 
from that version of yourself that's playing in the quantum and that's that's just sort of future <laughs> we can go in all directions right yeah but that's sort of the beginning of it yeah and that for me is my daily shower mm. I love to stand in the shower I love to connect with that future version of myself and allow the there's you know as you know there's something about that opening at the crown chakra that the the water the conduit mm -hmm. makes it so clear and those all those ideas that you're talking about all that all comes to me in the shower mm -hmm. and so then I have then some days I have to like literally like run out of the shower quickly right to write it down <laughs> yeah <laughs> like don't, don't trip don't slip <laughs> do half your voice memos have water in the background <laughs> yes <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, but it is very powerful to step into that version of yourself mm -hmm. that you're speaking of. Mm -hmm. And you know what I love to ask is, what is she doing differently? Or what is he doing differently? That seems like with myself and then with clients to like extract the gold that you're mm -hmm. looking for, especially when you've got that version of yourself and you're really in it. Um what is she doing differently or what is he doing differently? And one thing I'll do when I do scripting, which is manifestation journaling. And, mm -hmm. and in my membership, I have a manifesting moon circle and we bring scripting into this because it's just so powerful around the new moon, but I will script. So for anyone that doesn't know, it's writing from like a future tense, but you're basically writing as her. So now that you're here and you know what her is or him, it's writing from that version and going like, oh my God, I just had the best day. My launch was so successful or I just am so, and it's that you that's already there. So I will write the thing that made all the difference was, and the life-changing stuff that has come out of that simple sentence, once I embody her and I'm writing from her and I'm like, oh my goodness, all this stuff is going so well. The thing that made all the difference was, and like it, so much gold. Recently I did that right as I was going to break into this mediumship stuff. I had been practicing a little tiny bit and I, I was scripting about being really connected to my spirit guides and helping people and like, oh, this is what I do now. And it was just a fantasy at that point. And I, I got to that point and I said, what made all the difference was, and I heard the simple sentence, actually practicing. <laughs> and I saw it and I was like, oh, oh. I guess that's <laughs> my next step is to actually practice. Like, it was just so funny. I'm like, I, why haven't I thought of that? Like, it's just, <laughs> how am I going to get there? <laughs> You're going to actually practice. And You're so then I called up my, you know, willing participants. I was like, can I practice some things on you? But I, I know it's so simple. I could have thought of that, but I wasn't. I was going, how do I do this? How do I move into my next mm. step? How do I, what would that look like? What kind of session would it be? What would I charge? What if I just practice? It's that dropping from the head to the heart, yes. right? You dropped yeah. into the body and then therefore it was able to come through. Ultimately. Yeah. 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 So one other aspect of this work that I want people to hear is that your sort of best self or that future version of you, they have hard days too. And I think that that is something we put them on a pedestal, just like we do with other people. Oh, that's so good. This is yes. so good. This is yes. so, so good. Yes. They feel off too. They get overwhelmed. They get overworked. So what is the difference? 
How do they manage that? What do they do when they start noticing that they're getting burned out or that they're feeling uninspired or just tired or hungry? When you're in the middle of your workday and your stomach's gurgling, but you have all this shit to do, what does that version of yourself do? You know? So really not just pretending they're perfect. When they get thrown off, what do they do? When they want to flip their mood or process their emotions, what do they do? Right? And I, the depth of this work, it just keeps giving, you know, I'll maybe have a day on my own or a few hours. I'm like, what does she want to do with this day? Whereas me to Leah, I'd be like, oh, I need to get back to this client. I should really clean. She wants to go out in nature and hug trees. So like I'm with her. <laughs> so I, I will learn to be like, what does she want to do with this day? Because sometimes she says, get back to your clients because that's really what's important right now. And other times it's like, they're not even expecting your return, your reply now. Go out in nature, you know? So that version of yourself is not some sort of perfect. It's just that they've learned a little more. They've been around it a little more and they've learned you a little more and have just gotten better at managing and taking care of yourself first and foremost. Right. So I think that's really important to, to know. Oh, yes. That is so good. It really, mm -hmm. really is powerful. This mm -hmm. entire session has been so very powerful. You are a brilliant light, um, a bright one at that. Uh, where can everyone find you? Because I know people are going to want to come do this work with you and join your membership and yeah. connect, connect with you. Like yeah, I totally. I can't wait. It's so fun. So I am Talia Joy Manifestation on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Talia Joy Manifestation. My podcast is called The Awakening Her Podcast, and that's her awakening that version of yourself that is already doing the thing. And my membership is called The Awakening Space. And really what it is, is it's a resource center that when you sign up, you get access to beautiful rituals, to her work rituals, activations, meditations, but press play, things that you can just press play and have 11 minutes of breath work, have 11 minutes of gratitude. I've created so many beautiful rituals because so many people need to know, they go, okay, cool, the her work, but what do I actually do in my day? What if I'm busy, right? Like I'm a mom of three who's also an entrepreneur. I don't have a few hours a day or I choose not to spend a few hours a day meditating, but I can have some powerful shifts in 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, of showing up and doing it. So that's what the space is about. There's live, you know, um, teachings and energy activations, manifesting moon circles, all sorts of fun things, but it's also this library, this resource where you are taken care of in your awakening. So I'm sure we'll leave the links in the show notes, but we um, absolutely will. <laughs> <laughs> so come find me, come check me out to Leah joy manifestation. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. And sharing your story and your wisdom and just you. Thank you. You're so welcome. I'm so glad that we're here. I, on my show, we talked about this, but I heard Nick on, I think it was bold bodied, which I just actually did one with her, um, which was really fun with Lily Nicole. But anyways, I heard you on there and I was driving and I had to like pull over and find you and write you, which I'd never reached out to anyone saying, come on my show. There was just something about you. It was the fireworks. Like you described, I was like, 
I, this guy, I need to just talk to him. So I'm honored that it's come full circle. You came on my show and now I'm here. It's just so fun. It's fun. It's really fun that that happened. And uh, yeah, Lily Nicole's episode, take a peek, a listen. What's mm-hmm. the word? Listen, take a listen yeah. to that as well. <laughs> and um, check out your podcast. Everyone needs to go listen to the, to our episode there as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Drop a DM and let us know what was your takeaway on this? Because there were so many beautiful golden nuggets to pick from. Let us know. That's your homework. That's your homework, y'all. You're getting homework today. Go let us know and subscribe, like, tell your friends, all of that great stuff so that they too can have quantum leaps, quantum manifestation. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. Love you. Thank you.